Today on Lockdown Red Wings, what's going on with the goaltending situation and previewing the matchup with the Minnesota Wild? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty also hosts over at Locked On Tigers. Um, thanks for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Scotty, we got a couple things to talk about today, as always. Daily podcast, so we always got a couple things to talk about. Always. Um, your team every day. Uh, <laughs> let's today... The goaltending has become kind of an issue kind of. in the last few days. Nedeljkovic obviously had a few bounce back games, had another crappy one against the Coyotes. Grice had a crappy relief performance against the Coyotes, so bad that they had to put Nedeljkovic immediately back in the net. And I think it's time we actually take a look at that and really address it. Um, I suppose... Let's start with Alexander Ndelkovic and talk about his performance of late. He, as late of late, has not been the Alex Ndelkovic he started the season as. Um, against Arizona, he posted a 7-4-1 save percentage. Absolutely abysmal. The three games prior to that, one of which was a relief appearance, 900-946-938, return to form. The three before that, 760, 750, 875. And mixed in, in there is that Toronto game where, again, pulled, put back in. Not just, it has been a little bit of a rubber match from uh, a rubber banding, is what I should say, with Alexander Nedeljkovic um, the last month, month and a half, where he goes and has a good game or two, but then has two or three really bad games. And it's really easy to make an excuse with how bad the Red Wings defense has been in front of him. And, you know, we look at those high danger shot attempts and easy to say, well, you know, you can't really blame him. But even in high danger scoring areas, you still have to make saves. And, you know, last night he allowed four of nine shots from high danger areas to go in. That's not enough. And it's not, like I said, it's not the Alexander Nadalkovich that we saw. And I just want to hear from you, Scotty, what, what is going on with Alex Nadalkovic. What do you think is going on? And also, is this just a bump in the road? Or is this maybe more of what Carolina thought they saw when they dealt him to us? Right, yeah. I think that's a... I, I think that, that no matter your stance on it, I think it's probably a fair question to bring up at this point. I mean, the beginning of the season, uh, the first several months of the season, probably until the new year, Honestly, uh, I think everybody was pretty much on board that the goalie situation of the future of the Detroit Red Wings was going to be Ned and Kosa. And now, uh, while I don't think everybody is like, oh, Ned's not the goalie of the future anymore, I don't think we're there yet. Uh, I, th I think that it's going to take a lot more time to, to develop that opinion as a fan base wide thing. But uh, I, I think that there are some some question marks above people's heads, right? Like in like in Sims, 
if somebody has a question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think people are starting to be like, oh, I don't know. Um, I look, man. I I think it's really hard to completely write somebody off when that's the defense ahead of them. And I know we you you talked about it when you were talking there, and the it's it's not a entire excuse. It's not that that is correct and and totally fair. But I, I mean, my goodness, man! At the same time, I it's it's impossible for me to look at a, any goalie you would put behind this defense, and if they performed poorly, to be like, you know what, you're you're not a you're not a NHL starting caliber goalie because you you can't perform behind this defense. Uh, it's going to be really hard for me to do that with anybody. I think it's fair to recognize. Um... And this is something we always try to do. I think it's fair to recognize that both can be true at the same time. Correct. Absolutely. Um, it can be fair to recognize that Nadalkovich has not been playing great as as of late and needs to be better, but also recognize that the defense in front of him has not been doing him any favors as well. And this is one of the worst defensive cores in the league. You have one, maybe two defensemen who are, you know, pieces at going forward into the future. The rest of these guys are temporary, expendable pieces for when the team gets competitive. It's straight up one, maybe two. That one, maybe like, two. Like it, it's, it's cider and maybe heronic and like yeah. everybody else is pretty, pretty expendable in a short term filler piece. And so when you, you take that into consideration, it's easy to be like, okay, well, you know, let's cut Nedeljkovic some slack, but we've seen Nedeljkovic play out of his mind. I mean, he was stealing games much like Raymond and Cider were. He was right in there with them mm-hmm. as stealing games. And we, I mean, we had a conversation earlier in the season, like it's time to have the Calder conversation talk about Alexander Nedeljkovic, him being in there, Raymond, Cider, Nedeljkovic being, you know, the Calder finalist. Obviously it was a pipe dream, but it was fun to talk about because they were all three playing so well. Mm-hmm. That's not been the case since then. I think his save percentage has dipped down to 901 uh, at, after being at a, at a season high of around nine nineteen, yeah, and I mean pushing twenty at one point. Yeah, to put it into perspective, too. So high danger save percentage is so we are talking about the high danger shots, and those are the shots that are the toughest to make for goaltenders because they come from areas that are close in front of the net, and I mean they're called high danger for a reason. They're high danger shots. And then we say like, oh, well, there were, he faced a lot of those because his defense was bad in front of him. There are plenty of goaltenders that every goaltender faces a high danger shot at them. And among goaltenders that have played 500 or more minutes at five on five, I filtered it as 500 because there are a lot of guys who play like one game and have like a 1,000% save or 100% save percentage of high danger just to get some guys with, you know, a, a little bit of a report card to talk about. So among goaltenders at five on five with at least 500 minutes to play, Alexander Nadalkovich falls at 29th on that list with a high danger save percentage of 831. The number one guy on this list, or the number two, the number one guy is Colorado's Pavel Francois. At 14 games played, he's a 901 uh, high danger save percentage. He's been very good. Number two is leading Vesna candidate Igor Shesterkin who has an 883, and I think he's really the bar because he has 37 games played this season. Right, yeah, that's nutty, yeah. To be so pushing that, 900 in, in a full season's of work, that's pretty nuts. Nedeljkovic has a good 40, 40 points lower in high-danger shots. And again, 
defense isn't doing him any favors, but it is on him as well to make those saves. I mean, if you want to go down the list, ninth on that list is Jeremy Swayman. And I know he plays behind a much better defense down there over there in Boston, but this is another, I, I compare it to him because he's another rookie goaltender. He had to take over the task after Tuka Rask. I mean, that's what, those are big shoes to fill. He's got a save percentage of 936 this season and 26 games played and a high danger save percentage of 861. I don't ever expect a goaltender's high danger save percentage to be above 900. And so to see one of 861, knowing that Nadalkovich is a full 20 spots below him at 930, no, 930, whatever, or 920, whatever it was, I said. 932, uh, I think. 931, so. to be precise. So quite literally 30 points below. I mean, that that is a little disconcerting to see. And I, I'm not trying to come off as like, I've grown cold on Nadalkovich. This could very well be a cold streak, but that's the conversation we're having. Is this, is these struggles Alexander Nadalkovich having him for real, or is it just a cold streak, or was what we saw at the beginning of the season just a hot streak? You know, this is where I'm trying sure. to I'm trying to gauge my expectations. Right, and and I think with this season, I'm going to continue to preach patience on on a oh, lot absolutely. of these guys. You know what I mean? And and so I I I don't think oh Ned can't make high danger saves as a rookie so he's not part of the future plans like that that's preposterous to me I, I think that there's time to grow into that but seeing rookies ahead of him is definitely something to, to keep an eye on and and again at the end of the day he he's still got that defense ahead of him and it's it's horrid so there's there's a lot to take into account there for me personally I I still think that Ned is is part of the future plan to this team, and I still believe that he will be pro a productive part of the future for this team. Um, but rookies go through growing pains. I know he played last year and whatever. He's not technically a rookie, whatever. Bite me. Year two players <laughs> go through growing pains too. All right, like you're you're not fully developed as a as a sophomore either. So I I think. There's, there's just still some developmental stuff going on, and we know how aggressive he is, and and he's with with the non high danger stuff. You, you you see him so often make the first save, and and he's good, and and he'll make the first save, and then it's 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 the rebound, and it's it's the the second chance goals that get him, and and if he had a better defense, there would there would be a lot less second chance opportunities, presumably. I think it's also fair to talk about too is that. This is his first season in a starter's role. And we talk about it with, you know, rookies all the time. And the fact that, you know, it takes them time. A reason why a lot of rookies start off hot and then um, grow cold by the end of the season is because this is their first season taking on the workload of an NHL schedule. And Correct. Alexander Nadelkovich played a shortened season last year. Only played, I think, to around 25 games at the Carolina Hurricanes behind a much better Carolina Hurricanes team. So his workload was reduced on multiple fronts. This year, he's playing with a way worse team. A team that's taken huge strides forward, but compared to Carolina Hurricanes, are a way, way worse, worse team defense. And a way worse defense. <laughs> and he's got worse a, much, defense. a much larger responsibility and workload as a, a starting goaltender. So it would, in some degree, it makes sense that he would hit a rough patch. So I posed the question, but my opinion on that question is, is like just like you said, I'm not hitting the panic button on Alexander Nedeljkovic anytime soon. He's 
he's 26 years old. Goaltender is blossom late. So as far as goaltenders go, he's still very young. There's still a lot of time left, and he's had rough games here and there. He's shown he's had some really good games here and there. It's just about him finding that consistency again, and I do have faith that there is still time for him to find that consistency yet again. 100% agree. You know what else is consistent? The flavor of Bilt Bar. Damn right. Um, this is the time of year we've all pretty much given up on those New Year's resolutions, but not this year. We're sticking to that resolution to eat right. Thanks to Bilt Bar, it almost feels like it's not really a resolu- resolution because you actually enjoy eating them. You got to try those puffs because uh, if you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best tasting Bilt Bar flavors yet. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and that does include the puffs. So if you want a snack that's low calorie, high protein, then uh, go to built.com. They got all kinds of different flavors for you to choose from, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be a delicious. It will be delicious, and it'll be good for you. So go to built.com, use promo code locked fifteen, and get fifteen percent off your order. Use promo code locked fifteen for fifteen percent off at built.com. Com. So Scotty, we talked about Alexander Nedeljkovic. Let's now shift our gears to the guy who went from one B to just straight up two. <laughs> And uh, Thomas Grice, who just transformed into the backup. And let's talk about him. And with with the conversation regarding Grice, I think it's more not so much about I could care. I'm going to sound I'm going to sound kind of cold with how I say this, but I could care less about how he's performing from the standpoint of the Red Wing standings. Um, It's not that's not where my mind's at, but I'm more worried about him taking literally any trade value he still has as a 36-year-old backup with these performances he's had of late. I mean, he came in 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 relief of Nedeljkovic against Arizona, let in two goals and three shots. You know, he only played 23 minutes against Florida at a save percentage of 824. He only played 24 minutes against Toronto the game before that, had a save percentage of 714. He had 45 minutes played against Colorado, had a save percentage of 833. That's three straight games in which he has come in and gotten pulled. He's got either started, gotten pulled, or come in and gotten pulled. And that's right after he actually had two, three, uh, you know, a stretch of a few really strong performances having come off COVID. He came off COVID and he was on a tear. He was playing out of his mind to the point where we are having a debate and a discussion of whether or not you keep throwing Grice out there because he's hot or you put Nadelkovich in there because that was when Nadelkovich got on his first cold snap. See if, you know, Nadelkovic can fix what was going on with him. But now that's four straight games, Scotty. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the season, he's going to be gone anyways. But I'm I, I'm really worried about any trade value he may have being diminished, if not just completely gone after this stretch. Uh, you don't need to worry about things that don't exist, brother. <laughs> it's fair. I mean, seriously, it's, it's something, you know, it's something that my therapist tells me all the time. Uh, like straight up it, it, don't don't bother don't bother worrying about something that don't exist man there is there 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 ain't no trade value that's 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 it's gone donezo 
Okay, so then the question becomes, okay, if he has no trade value and you're not and afraid. And even if he did, let, let's let's play a game. Hypothetical, even if he did, yeah. Let's play devil's advocate. What? What? A, a seventh? Oh, yeah. Um, Like, what's even the point? Uh, yeah. So, okay, cool. I, I, I traded my backup goal center the rest of the year. I, I have to call Calvin back up, call Captain Picard. He, he's doing and, pretty good down and, there in uh, the A. Yeah, he always is. You know, that that's that's his thing. He always is. So he comes back up, uh, backup goalie, whatever. Not, not, Ned's going to get a majority of the starts anyway, whatever. Sure. I, I, I got a seventh round pick. Now, better than nothing, I guess. Sure. Why not? Pull trig. Let's do it. But there's, there's not a market for him. There's no, <laughs> there's no Thomas Grice market. That's my, that's my point. No, and that's, even I think that's even valid. if you got a, even if you got a seventh out of him, sure, take what you can get out of out of half a year of of your backup goaltender that you're not bringing back. Abs- if you can get anything, that's something, sure. But there's no there's no market for him. You're not going to be like, oh, hey, you, you you better hurry up and and, and give me a sixth because you know I, I got I got a lot of calls right now. I'm taking on Thomas. You just that, dial down. There's there's no market. No, I, I, I think you're right. And then the question becomes from here on out, like, okay, so if Grace doesn't have any trade value and you're not, you're going to hold him on to the end of the year, which I believe is probably what's going to happen. I mean, even when he was on his tear, I don't know how much of a market there was for a 36-year-old goaltender that Correct. you just would call as a backup. Like We talked about Edmonton as possibly a landing spot just because they are having a ton of goaltending issues on their own. But now that he's tanked his value. What a game tonight for them, by the way. I, I think David won it in overtime. Dude's I don't unreal. Know if he tuned in, but yeah, um, crazy. But – what do the Red Wings do with him, assuming they retain him? I mean, if Nadalkovich is continuing to struggle through the trade deadline, retain him through the trade deadline, like yeah. just until the end of the season and his contract's up, and you find a replacement in the off season. Because I don't see it. I don't see. Yeah, him he's signing him. No, this this is yeah. These are his last few months on the team. Yes. Um, if Nadalkovich is going to continue to struggle, and you have a backup who you have even less faith in at the moment to replace him, what is your solution? I mean, you talked about Calvin Picard, but I mean, do you just embrace that your goaltenders are playing bad and like, hope, you know, be like, okay, well, you know, we need a higher draft pick anyways, or do you, you try and get somebody in that locker room who can do something? No, I, I, I like the team's struggling in goaltending and yeah. in defense. Oh right yeah, now. absolutely. No, I, but what, what are you going to, what are you going to bring somebody, you're going to buy at the deadline? No. What, like, what no. are you going to do? Like, no, I, I, I think if you, if you were to move them, then your reality is just we we know we're out of the playoff picture as we all do, and we're not tanking per se. We're not trying to actively lose because that part of the rebuild's over too. But we just we just come to terms with it. We just come to terms with the fact that we're we're. We got we got our seventh round pick. We're not gonna win too many games with uh with with Captain Captain Picard in that. And that's that's all she wrote. I I don't, I don't think it needs to be that deep of a thing. And and if he does stay, then it's just business as usual. Either way, regardless of if he stays or doesn't, the thing that I care about is that Ned gets the most playing time as possible i agree because um, 
Grice, there's no point in giving him unnecessary playing time after the deadline. And there's no point in giving Calvin playing time after the deadline either, period, really. Uh, So uh, that's the biggest thing. Whatever you do with Grice, sure, neither here nor there. Just give Ned some consistent playing time to either get himself out of this or just get some experience, period, even if he continues to struggle. So it sounds like the solution that we've come to is let them figure it out because this is the type of season you have to figure it out. And it might be it might be rough for all of us to sit through at times, but these are the types of things that guys like Nadalkovich have to figure out. And you have to have faith, faith that they're going to because there's really not another option right now. And uh, this is just what's best for them. So You know what else is best for you? Uh, taking your gambles to betonline.net. Absolutely. It is that time of the year as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for your sporting sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, we're the game stuff. BetOnline. Sometimes I genuinely do forget to do that. Like I, like as I said, I was like, oh, I forgot to do the thing. That's you our thing. Disgust me. Well, what else is new? I <laughs> know. I started doing it. I don't do the full, like, I don't go all out on Tigers, but if you listen to my inflection, I go, bet online, where the game starts. I don't go all in. because He was it, thinking about not, it. It's not the same without you, but you can definitely tell the inflection is, is there. You know where else the inflection is? Wow. I have no idea. I'm messing with you. It's <laughs> um, like, wow, I didn't know we had another ad. No, no, we don't. The Red Wings play the Minnesota Wild tonight. Um, this is going to be the second time these two teams met. The last time they met, it was an absolute seesaw battle in the first period, but the Wild end up being, you know, being the better team. Ended up taking that game seven to four in pretty a pretty dominating fashion. That was the game that Gustav Lindstrom Lindstrom got his first career NHL goal in. Is, uh, um, is that game at home? That game tomorrow is at Little Caesars Arena. Okay, cool. and I do have the day off. So I will be watching nice, it from dude. the comfort of my couch. Nice. And uh, looking forward to it. But let's Are we preview. on ESPN again? By the way, is that something you can find out quickly? It is. It is on ESPN Plus again. Three That's days in a row? Three straight three games, games in a row? Of Red Wings Goodness games that are on gracious. ESPN Plus. Means that it's a guaranteed loss. Because I'm pretty sure we're 0-8 now on the year on, uh, on either ESPN Plus slash TNT. I'm pretty sure on non bally games, we still have yet to record a win. I'm pretty sure that's true. Mm, and I've seen it on a, from a few different people. On the I mean, after losing the Coyotes, I fully believe that it's ESPN Plus's fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into, let's actually dig into this preview because I'm sure people are like, oh, who are the Minnesota Wild? I've never heard of those guys before. I'm sure uh, they are. Minnesota Wild are currently third in the Central Division. They got a record of 33-19-3. Their special teams are, well, while much better than the Detroit Red Wings, they're not, like, the best in the league. 
I be- believe the Wild have actually hit a bit of a skid of late, uh, not playing as ha- hot as they have been recently. Uh, oh, yeah. This is, uh, they had a four game losing streak, followed by a win, followed by two more losses, and then a win um, the other night, five to two. So, yeah, they've got six losses in the last eight games, nine losses in the last, seven losses in the last 10. So they're three and three and seven in the last 10 games, which is definitely a lot worse than what they had been doing as of yet. So they're starting to cool off a bit. Uh, they're back to their power play. They rank, sort that, find them here. Submit form. No, I don't have to submit a form. I just have to use my <laughs> eyes and actually hope my eyes can find them. They're 18th in the league in power play. And then when it comes to penalty kill, they're a little bit higher as they're lower. Actually, they're 23rd in the league in penalty kill. So they're not terrible, but they're not great. They're a middling team in both regards. But the Red Wings are a bottoming team in both regards. Yeah. So still better than Detroit Red Wings. And in terms of players, you know, they got Kirill Kaprizov, who's got 71 points. They're a really you know, fun up-and-coming team, man. Yeah, and that's something I tweeted about when they played them last time. I'm like, the Minnesota Wild. Oh, yeah, we had that conversation, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. They're going to be at the Red Wings. are going to be in a few years. Uh, they have a the really young core that is a lot of fun to watch and has a lot of room to grow still. I mean, mm-hmm. just guys like, you know, Kaprizov, and they got Zuccarello and Fiala, who have been there for a few years, that have really established themselves as, you know, cornerstones of the team. They've got solid goaltending as well. I mean, they, they got they got a little bit of everything. And uh, their goaltender is a rookie as well, Capo Kakonen, and he's been playing great. So they're a team that I look at and I go, I hope that's the Red Wings in a few years because they are a very, very good team. Absolutely. Yeah, and no, I mean, next year? You think next year, as soon as next year? I mean, the that Minnesota Wild, uh, I don't think success it's, is coming a little bit out of nowhere. So I don't think it's that ridiculous to think that all the rookies take another step forward next year and turn into like, like you know, bit, like another step forward from where they're already at, which is pretty damn good. Larkin well, continues to be Larkin production. Burt continues to be Burt production. Uh, Fabry continues Fabry production, and then we actually get some damn help in free agency on the defense, and then Edvinson comes up. I don't think it's that far fetched. Well, to, and let's to think that the Wings couldn't be maybe not that high, but something close to that next. I year. don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, though. I mean, the Minnesota Wild success has really kind of come out of nowhere. We're seeing that out well, of teams that weird, embrace the rebuild. What was the they, oh the bu- the bubble year because of the play in mm-hmm. they whatever were around for a series or two or something like that. Yeah, but that was took, obviously the bubble year was weird. Well, like once you got once they you know took that step, they took a leap for sure right after that, and that's Absolutely. what the Red Wings are doing. Like they, they took a huge step this year. If they can, and I'm saying not every team takes a leap like they have, but. You know, it came off the, the they established a core and then they got exciting rookies. That's what the Red Wings are doing. They also bought out two huge contracts that were dragging them down in Parise and Suter. Uh, and, you know, guys who were supposed to be take them to the next level didn't pan out, got rid of them, opened up roster spots for new guys. I mean, this is this is very similar to what the Red Wings have done the last few years. You know, they got all the old guys out on big contracts, brought in young guys and revitalized it. And in the span of two or three years, now they're like top of the central division. 
They're playing out of their mind. I mean, this is not, I don't want to like get everyone's expectations that this is what the Red Wings should be next year, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Right. Because we have some exciting prospects on the way still. Edvinson season next year, baby. Let's go. The year of Edvinson. And Bergeron, my goodness. We've been hearing about him for 72 years now, and it's like, oh, he's soon. Let's let's make soon now, all right? We're talking about next how he's called Bergeron. up this year. Yeah, we um, were just in December. We were like, oh, he's probably close. Screw us, I guess. Yeah, well, how often are we wrong? Never. Never, never. We're always right. Just they, ask our listeners. Steve Eiserman listens to this podcast for advice. Just look Let's in the comments honest. section in any of our <laughs> any of our videos. Everyone knows we're right all the time, and they agree. Yeah. Uh, speaking, can we talk? We don't have but, people that say what, that we're wrong. First, this is actually a great moment to transition into talking about the lines at practice yesterday, because yes. we've had a conversation about Danny DeKaiser. And how we were like, is this the he's, end of the line? He maybe, you know what? <laughs> the end of the line, maybe he's Superman. He has somehow figured out how to get waived, get put on the IL, and practice all in like a 36-hour span. It's actually unbelievably impressive. Your baseball showed through there. You called it the IL. Oh, did I? Okay. Yeah. Yes, I very yeah, much in baseball mode there. But yeah, I in the span of 72 hours, we waived him, which doesn't necessarily... Usually when you wave somebody, they go down to the minors, but you don't have to send them to the minors. Got placed on uh, IR when they took Jacob Vrana off and then is practicing at LCA on a line with switching, swapping it out with Osterle on a pair with Lindstrom as the fourth D pairing, which would be like a spare D pairing probably indicates whether those guys are going to scratch. He's still in the IR, so he's he's not officially on the roster right now. No, he's, yeah, he's not going to play, but like it's, it's... It's nine defensemen at practice yesterday. What can't he do? <laughs> Don't answer that. Do not answer that. Yeah, you're really setting yourself up uh, no on that, that one. Nobody answer that. We love DDK. No one answer but that. The one thing that... Oh, yeah, we, the lines were... They did practice the, on different lines, though. The forward lines were absolutely ridiculous. So Bertuzzi wasn't All at practice. Because there's anticipation that his child could be born any day now. Um, so the Ford line, what for, first Ford line was Nemesnikov, because you know he can just go anywhere. Larkin and Raymond. Second right. line is where it like really caught me off guard and kind of got me really excited. It was Valeno with Vrana and Zadina. And the reason why I really like that is because it's a wild second line. It is a wild second line, and I'm actually low-key excited to see what Valeno can do on that. And it's not this first time playing on the second line, and I recognize that. But I'm really excited to see what he could do in a second-line role and see if Zadina, in that chemistry with Valeno, can really create some scoring opportunities. Because if that works out, you can slot Pew Suter down in the third line where he is with Robbie Fabry in this in this practice lines. I don't know if this is going to be the lines at game time. Right. But, but you could put those three, you know, that as your third line – and. And that it's that 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 depth we were talking about when Verona came back. Like you're four depth. That's a damn good third line. Pew Suter and Robbie Fabry. That second line has the potential to be fireworks if they can make it work. If they can all, if they can all, all three of them. If all three of them can figure their stuff out, that could be fireworks. Yeah, and the the fourth line, fourth line was Rasmussen, Ernie, and Smith. So. I mean, Ernie's play Giovanni cowards. Too many healthy scratches lately. Ridiculous. Uh, your defensive pairings are Letty and Sider, Stahl, Hronik, and Ulevi and Stetcher, who would be set in this regard to make his Red Wings debut. Uh, these again are practice lines. 
not concrete. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. But I'm also looking for looking for fascinating. We're though. Yeah. Oli Ulevi. I got to say his full name. There Scott. you go. Attaboy. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely. I think that's honestly the thing to look for in this game is see how that second line performs and see if if they can compare if they can compete with the Minnesota Wild, especially like that is exciting because that that means that the forward depth going into next year could be insane. Yeah, it could. I mean, like I said, that that second line has has the potential to be fuego. It's just a matter of whether it actually happens or not. <laughs> that that that's that could be said for a lot of things. Well, um, fair enough. Scotty, real quick, X Factor. Uh, it's going to be the goalie until we get a good performance. How about that? Uh, fair enough. Mm, I'm struggling. You know, I'm going to say you will love you again. He didn't even play when I said, said it was my X Factor. I didn't know if he was going to play or not when I said it last time. But now that he's actually on the practice lines, I'm going to I'm gonna hope he's actually going to play. And uh, I'm going to say he's my X Factor just because I want to see what he can do. I mean, well, hopefully your X Factor plays, you loser. <laughs> hopefully your X Factor great, plays. Great pick last time. Yeah, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts, man? We ball, baby. We absolutely ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow recapping this one. Same time. Same place. See your team every day. Every day.